0: This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into another week of fun and excitement. And there goes my mic. Another week of fun and excitement. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Uh, we are going to start things out here with your phone calls. That's the point of the show, and then we'll bring up things that are interesting to us if we get the chance. Uh, in in that uh, realm, there's some pretty frightening news about somebody in the Obama administration that is kind of well scary about the whole censoring the internet thing. We'll get to that, but first, Alex is in New Jersey and he's on the amp line. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there.
1: Hey guys. Hey, what's so, on your uh, mind I just tonight? want to provide you with a little context as to why I'm calling tonight. Uh, my parents are going away on vacation. I drove them to the airport on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I was I was very happy to do that. Let me tell you. So um, why is after, that? well, because I, I really I don't know they I don't know it's just I like the freedom of having the house to have myself. Okay. So um, after I got back from uh, Newark Airport, I had an appointment to sell some cutco knives to one of my best friends' dad, and we I went. It was my first uh, sale, so I went, or my first demo rather. I went and I, uh, I did the interview or the, uh, the the pitch, and I went and everything went fine until the end, and that's when the whole the knives got more colorful. Because that's when I took a paper towel to clean the knives off, and I accidentally slashed my finger open on the sharp end and not the dull end. Gosh! So, job hazards. I'm thinking he uh, he might buy out of pity for me. (laughs) So that's
0: That's an interesting sales tactic. Get get in uh, get in front of the clients and the prospects, and just hurt yourself in hopes that they'll (laughs) buy something from you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I've got nine more fingers that I can work with.
0: Oh so, man!
1: No, I didn't lose the whole finger. Oh. Uh, it's just it, it's not a full thickness cut. I went and I got some. Uh, some codeine and uh, back, antibacterial ointment, and I'll be fine for the week, but it Jeez. it kind of sucks that the, my parents told me in the car, Alex, we don't want any phone calls while we're on vacation, and of course, I had to call and say that I
0: cut Aww. my finger
1: open and I need the insurance number.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, so, so there there ends your Cutco uh, your Cutco Odyssey. You had called us a few weeks ago, and of course, we're concerned about possibly joining up with this organization. You wanted some input. You got some, and it's one of those direct sales companies. It's not multi level marketing, apparently. It's just a direct sales, commission only kind of uh, well, I guess not commission only. You get a, a base fee per visit or for per prospect per qualified well, there's, there's prospect
1: one other uh, aspect to it that i like is that if as a sales rep you get a 50 percent discount so on the first day i took advantage of that and um i uh, submitted an order for a very nice hunting knife that would have normally cost 80 dollars, but i got it for 40 so i think that even if i don't sell any knives i've still lucked out by getting that 50 percent discount
2: did you check it against something on ebay
1: well, no, because uh, you're
2: not allowed to sell any of those on eBay. No, I'm. I'm I, just I, asking about price. Right, I'm just wondering. For what? For for one thing, this this sort of ethereal thing, better knife, worse knife, is <laughs> is difficult to to nail down. I'm I'm not saying that it's not true that there aren't better knives and worse knives. Well, out they're there. very sharp. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I gotcha. Um, you can go to Walmart and get something that's very sharp at least for the first cut. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I I I can't say any. I I just can't say. I don't know. But my, I'm just sort of wondering. Did you check eBay for knives that have the same features?
1: Well, uh, I know I checked that um, for cutco knives that uh, that would be on there, but nobody has them because the cutco knives have one of those patent pending uh, double D edges, which means that they have a monopoly on that that that, uh, that cutting edge. So nobody. And, that and not means. only that, they're not allowed to sell it on eBay. So there's no other place that's going to have that edge.
0: I could have sworn I saw some on eBay. I'm pretty sure they're being sold there. Huh? Was it it, uh, Cutco Knife? I think what you're saying is that the distributors can't sell them on eBay. That's something that you would be prohibited from doing. But somebody who buys uh, the end user who decides they don't want their set anymore and wants to resell it, then they're... Oh, yeah, they can
3: do that, yes.
0: Right. So, so just to, to, to sum it all up here, it's not necessarily the compensation package or anything else that you found shifty or shady about the organization, uh, which initially sounded like it might be that way. It's just that you don't want to cut yourself again.
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's good enough reason to move all on right. and Thanks find for something safer. My call tonight, guys. Hey, thank you Alex for the update. I appreciate hearing from you as always. 800-259-9231. Those cubicle jobs are a lot safer than so,
2: uh so it's been 2 weeks and he had one appointment. That's,
0: that's what tough, it sounded like. Tough yeah. work. Well, it's not you're right, it's not easy, especially when I mean you're pros, you're prospecting family members uh pretty much, right? I mean f- friends and family members is what you do at first at at first. And that's kind of how you you get your training wheels on. And uh, and this is for any of the kind of direct sales, multi-level marketing sorts of jobs. They always encourage you to to go after the people that you know. And unfortunately, in many cases, that ends up meaning uh, alienate the people that you know because sometimes the desperation of a a new salesman in one of these organizations can really turn people off that, that know them, that... You know, that like them
2: otherwise, but aren't really interested in getting the magnetic bed or the uh, the cocoa ha- knife. It's hard to tell somebody you like, no, when it comes yeah. to, uh, you know, them trying to, do, trying to do work and learning how to do these things. And it, it's, it's just not the easiest thing in the world to tell them, no, I like you, but I'm not going to buy this thing. It is. It's not
0: easy. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Maybe you would like to share uh, your story if you've been involved in uh, one of these kind of direct sales slash multi-level marketing companies and have sales stories to tell us or uh, just what your experience was like, uh, how long did you last. Maybe you're a diamond distributor or something like that. You want to share your story. Anything uh, anything goes here at 800-259-9231. Here is the story about this scary man named Cass Sunstein. Have you heard of this guy, Mark? No. Cass Sunstein. Well, according to the New York Post, when it comes to the First Amendment, Team Obama believes in global chilling. Uh, Cass Sunstein, a Harvard Law professor, which means he's smarter than you. Yep, that's right. Who's been appointed to a shadowy post that will grant him powers that are merely mind-boggling, explicitly supports using the courts to impose a chilling effect on speech that might ...hurt someone's feelings. He thinks that the bloggers have been rampaging out of control... ...and that new laws need to be written to corral them. Advanced copies of his new book... ...On Rumors, How Falsehoods Spread, Why We Believe Them, What Can Be Done... ...have gone out to reviewers ahead of its September publication date... ...but considering the prominence with which Sunstein is about to be endowed... ...his worrying views are fair game now. Sunstein is President Obama's choice to head the White House Office of
2: Information and Regulatory Affairs. So he's going to be the Internet guy at the, uh, in the Obama administration. The Internet guy says that the Internet shouldn't be free.
0: Well, wait, 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 Isn't that a different uh, position from the Internet
2: Czar? Don't they oh, also don't have know. an Internet Czar? I, I couldn't tell you. I, I just, I'm just. I'm I don't know Department either, of I Information, something right. or other. Sounds like uh, Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. Yeah. Well, we got to regulate what people say because they could say bad things.
0: It, it says here that uh, although obscure, according to the Wall Street Journal, the Post wields outsized power. It oversees regulations throughout the government. So this isn't just a, a speech guy from the Environmental Protection Agency to the Occupational. Safety and Health Administration Obama aides have said the job will be uh, will be crucial as the new administration overhauls financial services regulations, attempts to pass universal health care, and tries to forge a new uh, new approach to controlling emissions of greenhouse gases. Sunstein was appointed, no doubt, on the success of Nudge, his previous book, which suggests that government ought to gently force people to be better human beings. And isn't that why government exists, right? The whole idea of just forcing people gently, of course, by threatening them before you actually harm them uh, to, to change their behavior. And how well has that worked, say, with, oh, I don't know, the war on drugs? That is, if you believe that not doing drugs makes you a better human being. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. But how well has that whole gently forcing people to be better people with the government worked out. There's more on this guy. We'll share it with you in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 2599231 and tonight it's Ian with you and Mark and you can join us online at freetalklive.com all of the features we give to you including the archives if you've missed a moment of the show click and download they're right there on the front page of the website and they go back for an entire year on us. So enjoy those at freetalklive.com. And if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, well, you need SACL CAI. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's Sakel, C-A-I. We'll get back to your calls, but just want to finish up this, uh, this story briefly about Mr. Sunstein. His name, Cass Sunstein. He's a Harvard Law professor. And he knows better than you how you should live your life. In fact, according to the New York Post, he believes that the government should gently force people to be better human beings. Now, those aren't his words. Those are the words of the guy that wrote the article. But uh, according to to the article, uh, czar is too mild a word for what Sunstein is about to become. He's going to be perhaps the regulator-in-chief or lawgiver. He's Obama's Obama. In On Rumors, Sunstein reviews – and by the way, just in case you're just tuning in, he is the choice for the White House Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs and will be overseeing regulations throughout the government. So this this guy is going to have tremendous influence over Washington, D.C. policy. In On Rumors, one of his uh, his books – Sunstein reviews how to get reviews how views get cemented in one camp even when people are presented with a persuasive evidence to the contrary. He worries that we're headed for a future in which people's beliefs are a product of social networks working as echo chambers in which false rumors spread like wildfire. That future, though, is already here. According to Sunstein, we hardly need to imagine a world. He says, however, in which people are and institutions are being harmed by the rapid spread of damaging falsehoods via the internet. We live in that world. What might be done to reduce the harm? Sunstein questions the current libel standard, which requires proving actual malice against those who write about public figures, including celebrities. Mere negligence isn't libelous, but Sunstein wonders is it so important to provide breathing space for damaging falsehoods about entertainers? Celebrags, get ready to hire more lawyers. Sunstein also believes that whether you're a blogger, the New York Times, or a web hosting service, you should be held responsible even for what your commenters say. So That's if you, ridiculous. Yeah, if you've ever um, been on a blog before, there's usually a little comment button, and then you can write whatever you think about what the blog has to say. That's part of the fun of Web 2.0, as, as they call it, where people can kind of get interactive with, uh, with one another to an extent that wasn't possible you know, 10 years ago on the Internet. And he's saying that, well, if you're running a website, you'll be responsible for the the comments. Currently, you're immune under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. But according to Sunstein, he says reasonable people might object that this is not the right rule. Though he admits that imposing liability for commenters on service providers would be a considerable burden. But who cares about a burden when insults are being bandied about? A chilling effect on those who could spread destructive falsehoods can be an excellent idea, he says. As we've seen, Sunstein writes, having shown us no such uh, no such thing, falsehoods can undermine democracy itself. What Sunstein means by that sentence is pretty clear. He doesn't like so-called false rumors about his friend and colleague Barack Obama. He alludes on, uh, in other, other parts of his book to the supposedly insidious lie that Barack Obama pals around with terrorists. Since Sunstein intends to impose his big chill on such talk, uh, according to the article writer, I better get it in while I can. Uh, he says, The rumor fact about palsy-walsiness of Obama and unrepentant terrorist Bill Ayers did not undermine democracy or prevent Obama's election, the facts got out, voters weighed them, and ruled they weren't disqualifying. I have no idea what he's even talking about, but some people do, I'm sure. Sunstein calls for a notice and takedown law that would require bloggers and service providers to take down falsehoods upon notice, even those made by commenters, but without apparent penalty, at least not yet. Because that's always how it starts uh, with these government programs, is it starts at point A, and then goes to point Z uh, down the road, where point Z is complete totalitarianism. So it may be in the very beginning that, oh, well, we're just going to send you a notice, and if we don't like your blog post comments, then you'll just have to remove them. And uh, if you don't, uh, well, we're just going to say naughty boy. Well,
2: that's that's nice that uh, the, the, the regulator is a woman from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sunstein uh, calls for the notice and takedown law. Considering how well this nudge would work, you blog about Obama errors. You get a letter claiming your facts are wrong, so you should remove your post. You refuse if, after a court procedure, uh, if after a court proceeding proves simply that you are wrong, but not that you committed libel, which is a public, or which is when a public figure is the target. Excuse me, which when a public figure is the target is the target, is almost impossible. You lose, the penalty is you must take down your post. How long would it take for the court to sort out the truth? Sasha and Malia will be running for president by then. And not
2: to mention that uh, you know, the, you could be charged with court costs, yeah, you administrative could. costs, mm-hmm. and things like that. It's not just you get to stand up. Who knows how, the, how, how high these things can run. They can put any arbitrary number on how much court cost. If that's what they felt like, and then you're really in trouble. And that's if it's something you can even appeal to a court, who knows how they'll end up
0: structuring it again. Oh, yeah. He's this is just his idea, right? Yep. He just has the
2: idea of, Oh, there are people hurting people's
0: feelings. And
2: we all and we know how difficult it is to, uh, to you know, to bring things through the court system. So they probably would just set up some you know, civil star chamber. A tribunal, yeah. Or yeah or a little tribunal of some sort where they could just sort these things out themselves where you'd be dealing with the uh the, the cop, the judge, the executioner all in one. But 15 uh, says here that Sunstein, trying to be fair, oh,
0: excuse me, uh, nobody will care anymore by that point because the courts will take forever, but it will give politicians the ability to tie up their online critics in court. Sunstein, trying to be fair, argues that libel awards should be capped at $15,000 or at least limited for anyone demonstrating financial hardship, but $15,000 is the limit you'd have to pay your opponent. The legal bill is the scary part and the reason bloggers already have plenty of reason to be careful about what they say even if they don't much fear a libel conviction sunstein dreams of an impossibly virtuous america saying we could almost imagine a future in which those who spread false rumors are categorized as such discounted and marginalized people would approach rumors skeptically even the even they provide comfort even though they provide comfort and fit their own biases But his chilling wind, if his chilling wind doesn't work, Sunstein may try to make good on the implicit threat that runs through his book that he would redefine libel as the spread of false information and hold everyone up the ladder responsible. If this happened, the blogosphere would turn into Pluto overnight, comment sections would slam shut, every writer would work on a leash shorter than a shoelace. Sunstein is an enemy to every news organization and blogger.
2: You know, I I have to agree. I think that it's wrong to spread false information if you know it's false. But sometimes you're just wrong. I've I've certainly said things on this show that I have been shown later that I am mistaken. Buyer beware. It's difficult to go back and correct these things if I consider them very important I do. But
0: maybe this should also affect talk radio. I mean just to give them another bad idea. I mean anybody can call this show and make any claim they want to. We don't verify uh, the veracity of their claims. More coming up. Should we um, screen all the callers? Are you moving to New
4: Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll free 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, Free Talk Live. Dot .com and those features include the wiki with over 1800 pages created by listeners like you you can get and uh, get over there and get editing you can edit virtually anything you see WIKI, talk live Dot com. So there's this guy that has been uh, proposed as the new information and regulatory affairs uh, head or czar or whatever the hell they'll end up calling him. He'll have incredible control. And he believes that false information needs to be just eradicated from uh, from the United States. Uh, And. He's willing to use the threats of the government, the force of the state, in order to try to bring about his utopian world where nobody gets to say anything that's not true.
2: And God knows knows what happens when facts bleed into that dangerous thing called opinion. I mean, do you have to prove that your opinion is right? How do you do that? Who arbitrates which opinions are right and which ones aren't? That's a scary question. I'll tell you who it is. Chaz Rimfrant or whatever this guy's name is, (laughs) what silly, silly name this man has. Yeah,
0: so uh, him and his buddies, they will be the ones uh, to decide, presuming all of this goes through. And again, this guy has already been appointed uh, to the Post, at least according to the New York Post at uh, nypost.com. And so they're talking about having some sort of board of bureaucrats that oversees Uh, basically whenever something appears on a website that someone says, that's not true, they can go to the government and have the government come in with a court order basically saying, you remove that or else we'll... Say or else again. Well, because they're saying right now it's going to be just a, a process that won't involve any kind of penalty. But the, the government loves to say crap like that. Yeah. I mean, they, they say stuff like that up front like, oh, well, it's just a traffic citation. That's only a you know, $100 fine. That doesn't involve jail time. How many times have we heard that on this show? I think we just heard somebody utter, utter utter that this weekend, and it's just nonsense because if you don't pay the fine, then you do have to go to jail. Right, so. and who
2: wants and, and the fine is for having done something wrong. What happens when you don't feel like you've done anything wrong? Right, what happens when it's the truth to you? Right. Uh, that, that's why parking tickets are such a bad little thing. I mean, they're giving you this notice. Really, they're just revenue collection. You know, they put a bunch of rules up there. They make mm-hmm. them impossible to follow. Oh, between Monday and Friday, but this time and that time, you can park here for two hours. After that, you can park here for three. They make it impossible to understand these things. Why? So they can collect money. But it it's this little uh, uh uh from the state which feels so bad. That's why you have this rotten feeling when you get yeah. a traffic uh violation. And now it's going
0: to be that writ large yep. big time. Uh so very disturbing here. If you want to chime in on this uh give us your thoughts at 800-259-9231. I suppose there could be somebody listening that thinks this is a, just a a wonderful idea. Would love to hear from you if you're out there. Let's go in the meantime to Chrissy in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello Chrissy.
4: Hello. My um I was actually just calling, um, about the caller you had before. What was his name?
0: Alex in New Jersey.
4: Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, um, actually a really funny story. I woke up around, um, 1 o'clock p.m. on Saturday, and I go downstairs, and my dad is buying knives from this kid. <laughs> and the kid just I, I don't know what happened. I was really tired at the time, and the kid apparently cut himself all over the table. He um he was bleeding all over my counter, and you know, I mean, I think it's a really funny way to sell knives. But you know, with the <laughs> jobs being really hard to get nowadays, I mean, even selling knives through cutting yourself, I mean, <laughs> that's a great way to make, to make money.
0: Some kids like to cut themselves, so it may be a, a match made in heaven for some kids. But I guess Alex isn't one of those guys, because he's quitting.
4: But I I just thought it was a weird coincidence that that was going on, and this is one of the first times I've listened to this station, and that's the first time that I think I know who is calling.
0: Well, it is a small world, let me tell you. How did you find out about the show?
4: Um, actually, one of my friends told me about it. Um, they said that there was this internet show where you could call in and talk about anything. And
0: it's kind of an internet show, listen, but and... it's also a radio show at the same time. So you are live on several radio stations uh, across the country. Yeah. But uh, but welcome to the program. Anything else on your mind tonight?
4: Um, it was really just that. I mean, um, okay. I really um, did. To did you, be did, you, did here, he I clean up his, really his
0: own thing? mess? Do you know?
4: about the internet store
0: no no did did alex clean up his own mess i mean if it was the same oh. guy we're presuming here.
4: um i believe it was him and no my parents actually cleaned it oh, up Oh, that was nice of them. It, it was it was all good and like i said i think my dad's actually gonna buy one of those knives he is so, okay i mean
0: oh great thanks for the call great tonight
4: end to the great-
0: i appreciate hearing from you 800-259-9231 she sounded like one of those question club girls didn't she Yeah, she did kind of have that
2: that sound to her, but, you know, that's just the age group.
0: Ladies, uh, if you are listening to the show, we would love to have you on the Shrine of Female listeners. Please uh, take a look at it at shrine.freetalklive.com and consider uh, sending your picture or video validation in, and we'll put you up there. Let's go in uh, in the meantime to your calls. Ken is in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ken.
5: Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just got back from Freedom Fest, and uh, oh, okay. we had a good old time there. And uh, I guess Mark was there this year. We had a chat to talk, chance to talk to each other and have Great. Some, some fun over sushi and everything.
0: Excellent. Um, so what's on your I mind tonight? To
5: talk, pardon me?
0: What is on your mind tonight?
5: Yeah, I wanted to talk about the uh, use of government force and retaliation. Okay, sure. And um, one of the things interesting about the use of government force and retaliation is that One of the original supposed purposes for government was to keep a chain reaction of retaliation from destroying civilization. Um, People like Locke contended that you needed government to keep the peace. And what I'm noticing recently is a bunch of people, for example, in your case, uh, you apparently had someone use government to retaliate against you for something she didn't like, which you know, that you said.
0: The couch. Oh, right. that, yeah. Where uh, the, a neighbor down the street had me thrown in jail because my tenants had a couch in their lawn. Gotcha.
5: Right. And uh, this gentleman Saturday was saying that, uh, well, you know, if I can't ride my motorcycle without a helmet, then I ought to be able to keep you from flying and flag upside down
0: mm-hmm. and
5: so on and so forth. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying the cure, this is yet another way the cure is worse than the disease.
0: Yeah, the government is essentially a tool of coercion, and people know that inherently, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, They understand that if they're in control of government, then it's their uh, vision of the world that they can enforce on everybody else, because, well, they're sick and tired of having other people's vision of the world being enforced upon them by the state. So it's time, it's high time for us to seize control and uh, take over and make this country in the way we think it should be, whoever we is, you know, replace your favorite interest group uh, there. But that's exactly how Works. And so what you're saying is that government didn't stop the cycle of violence. It's just encouraging it.
5: Yeah, it's really, if anything, no better than the situation without government, uh, without, you know, the state. Well, because or. it
0: institutionalizes violence. I mean, the government exactly. can't stop violence because it has to engage in it in order to, uh, to, to do its supposed job.
5: In certain forms of violence, become known as legitimate. And, uh, and that's certainly not the direction I'd want to take society. Yeah, well, yeah. you
2: know, I've talk, I talked to somebody one time, um, a, a woman who we were talking about public schooling and how I explained that, uh, you know, that was a threat of violence. And she asked me, um, or just sort of asked uh, wonderingly, you know i wonder if anybody has uh, ever been ever had their house taken in, uh, in in sarasota for you know refusing to pay taxes because they didn't want to pay for the school or something like that and you know it's it this is sort of how it gains legitimacy they make the penalty for not being involved to be so onerous they slowly turn up the uh the um the participation level if if property taxes were 50 bucks 50 years ago you wouldn't you you wouldn't know it now when they're $5,000 mm-hmm. so they just it no. just turns up just a little bit by a little bit and then before you know it it it, it doesn't look like violence because nobody's getting beaten up but it sure is when you're threatening to take something from somebody that's as valuable as their home. Well
0: observed tonight, Ken. Appreciate the There's call. Another aspect that, oh, that yes, quickly. Me. Quickly. Yeah.
5: Um, that is that everybody really knows the state is violent in, the, in their deepest part of their heart because they always worry about the tanks rolling when you talk about secession.
0: About secession. You're absolutely right. It's very revealing. Thank you for the call tonight. 800 259 9231. People are scared to death of this government. It's Free Talk Live. Oh, the mics are open. It's free talk live. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's my dreams are coming true tonight, Mark. I had had a, a dream about one of those one of those radio dreams where everything is just messing up. <laughs> where everything, you know, you're late to the to the studio. Uh, the technical difficulties. You're flubbing it up left and right. And there, there you go. I left the mics open the whole time.
2: Yeah, well, um, at least you don't have to uh, have to have the dream about uh, you doing radio without your pants on. You've done that before.
0: Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Wait a minute. Oh, well, okay, my pants. But I had boxers on. Accounts, right? I love my job. 1-800-259-9231. It's the summertime. That might happen again one of these days. Dear God. <laughs> so uh, you can bring up anything here, and we'll talk to you about it. Let's go to Steve in Colorado. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live at the end of March.
6: Hey there, guys. Uh, two things tonight. Um, one I just want to touch on really briefly because the other is far more important. Uh, you, you read the story about the upside-down flag that the cops took, and you had caller after caller after caller later on that night saying, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a sign of distress when you have an upside-down flag. It's a sign of distress. Well, I was in the Navy for four years, the Coast Guard for six, and I was a uh, merchant seaman for five. And not once did I read it anywhere in any official – from any official body, the U.S. Code or anywhere, uh, that an upside-down flag is a uh, sign of distress. It's, to my knowledge, this is just a mythology that has mm-hmm. uh, gotten feet. And, I mean, to me, it it doesn't matter uh, because now it's come to mean distress, you know? I mean, despite yeah. the fact that it, it is a myth. I, I
7: that
2: was, was gonna, that was the point I was going to. That was the point I was going to make. There was a time in this world where gay didn't mean that uh, you, you right. liked somebody of the same sex. It meant that you were happy. Now it's come to mean that, and whether that's what it meant before or not really doesn't matter. Well,
0: and even exactly. if it does mean that, let's just say it does mean it because I had always heard that and believed it was true, right? There, there Now we're back okay. to false information again, as we were talking about in the beginning of the uh, the hour. Someone needs to be sued. But let's presume it does mean that it's a sign of distress. There was actually a caller on Saturday night who claimed that his local police department will respond if oh, you're wow. flying a flag upside down in front of your home, they'll come and respond in the, the idea that there's something going on, that there's distress here, we need to respond to this nonsense. Yeah, well, what I had
6: heard, the rumor that I had heard was it was an international sign of distress on the sea, which doesn't really make sense because if you consider the uh, Libyan flag as just a big solid green patch. If you turn that upside down, you got a Libyan flag. So that's not really much of a sign of stress. Hey, those guys are flying a Libyan flag. Um, But the other far more important thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, I stopped paying my taxes two years ago, and I'm getting scary letters now from the IRS, and just that sort of speaks to what you guys were talking about a few minutes ago about being scared of the government. I am scared of the government, and since there aren't hundreds of thousands of people uh, with me, you know, who are standing up with fists raised in the air saying, we're not going to pay either.
0: Yeah, most of the uh, anti-tax I'm, I'm, crowd is... I'm going to cave. The, the most, of them are, to cave. Are, most of them are quietly not paying. Very few are actually standing up in any way and, and not paying. You said you're going right. to go uh, into what as a result? I'm
6: going I'm to go ahead and cave. I'm going to have you're to pay ca-
0: the taxes. So that means uh, you're paying because, some sort of late fee?
6: Oh, I'm sure I will, yeah. That, they're sending me letters saying, we need to see all your papers and books and so forth. Uh, and, oh, man. and I'm, I'm just going to have to do it because, uh, you know, there is, there's no, there's no tax revolt going on. I wish there were because it's our money. It's,
0: I, I know a lot of people up here in New Hampshire that aren't paying taxes. Uh, Russell Canning, the publisher of the New Hampshire Free Press, uh, Dave Ridley. Both of these men have taken public stands uh, to let people know that they are n- are not paying. Uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. Uh, I, myself, uh, not paying as well. Uh, federal taxes here is what I'm talking about. I still pay the gang here in Keene uh, because sure. they will come and steal my home within three years. That I know for, for a fact. Uh, but the IRS, they don't scare me as much. They're further away, and if they start sending letters, I i'll just I'll see it through to the end uh, you know i'm I'm in this all the way, so if they want to come after me, then I guess I get kind of the benefit of the show will probably get more popular as a result of that, and Mark, you probably make a lot more money while I'm in jail uh yeah, yeah I will yeah but Thanks i, I don't, you know I don't expect that to uh to occur i I hope they'll understand that it's a bad idea for them to come after me because uh, you know I'm not gonna stick my head in uh, in the sand after they come after me if if they come after me. It'll basically be a step-by-step uh, process explaining to you, the listener, what it's like as uh, as this happens and oh, getting your input. How long input. has it been? Huh?
7: You've not been paying. How long has it been?
0: Oh, let's see. I think I left well, it, WIBQ it... in 2004.
2: Four so pop, well about five years I would say at this but, point. Wow. Well, wait before he goes. Um, but before he can say that uh, in actuality, how much money does one have to make in order to not um to to be qualified to not pay? I think it's some very small sum. There were several years there where I know for a fact you weren't making anything because you were doing yeah. uh, uh, you know basically free affiliate relations for free talk live now i'm not um so i wasn't
0: filling out any paperwork or anything like
2: that you're so not obligated to
0: right so they don't know now how much i make versus how much i made then
2: you could be making less than six thousand dollars today right I Could I mean, be. i don't even really know what i make <laughs> So. yeah
6: see you you have i think a little bit of an advantage because I just worked for a regular conventional company that was filing paperwork
0: and so ooh forth. how did okay yeah. so how did you get them to stop uh collecting or to stop withholding how did how did you do that
6: well uh i mean i didn't i just i made enough money to where I knew I was going to have to pay at the end of the year and i i just said you know heck i'm not I'm not doing nothing i file what i did was i i kind of hemmed agnad about it I filed an extension. Uh, when the extension date passed, I just said, I'm going to ignore them and see how long it takes for them to, to catch on to what I'm doing
0: oh, here. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Was that. So, wait, hold I'm on. I'm in
6: a little bit of a bind.
0: Let me see if I've got you straight here. You work for a regular corporation. I, you I did, yeah. filed an extension, so they actually did withhold the taxes. Yeah,
7: oh, yeah. So they already, yeah. Have they, the, their part.
0: they already have the money from that particular year. They're coming after you because you said you were going to pay, and you didn't.
6: Right, oh, well, yeah, they... Uh, I, I was supposed to file, and I didn't file, and I didn't file this year either. And, uh, you know, its, it's I, I know I've made enough money the last two, three years that mm-hmm. they're going to come looking for a check. You know, no matter how much money they took from me, they're going to come looking
0: for a I check. I don't know if there is a perfect way to do this. I really don't. But I do know that you're right, that if you're working for a corporation, it, it is a much more difficult process um, yeah. I would say that some have suggested it wasn't it uh Caleb one of the uh, the former um, free stater activists up here who had said that there's a way to to do a, a withhold a no withholding thing sure. and then you just, file exempt uh yeah, yeah, you file the exempt, but then you don't file anything else later you don't uh, send anything in to the to the feds yeah. after that i don't know how quickly that Particular path is going to put you on their radar. I'd love to hear from somebody else out there who has had experience sure, with that too. at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But certainly, um, being on your own as an entrepreneur is uh, cert- is one of the best ways to, I think, get out of get out of that system. But if you sign a piece of paper telling the government you're going to file taxes, just give me another month, then yeah, they're going to expect to hear from you. So that doesn't sure, surprise yeah. me that they picked on uh, picked up on you real fast.
6: Right. Um. Well, and the other thing, too, is that the, you know, I was a lefty liberal a long time ago, and uh, I still have a lot of friends from when I was a lefty liberal, and I know, I haven't talked with them about this, but I know they would not understand, because they think that that is their money, it's our money, it's all of our money, it's the government's money, and I am a thief. Well,
2: wait, tell, you could say I'm, you, you I'm stopped sure filing under the Bush administration.
6: Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And
2: tell them you're you're protesting an unjust war.
6: You know, and in a way I am, because I, I remember reading, when I was a little, small kid, I remember reading, I think it was Joan Baez, one of those uh, hippie folk uh, singers <laughs> from way back when. I'm familiar. Uh, she, she refused to pay taxes based on that idea that she didn't want to pay for the Vietnam War.
2: Many, uh, many, uh, Quakers, really do for the, many Quakers do the same thing, and they do it uh, for just that reason, and most of them I would categorize as lefty liberals.
0: Oh, wow. Steve, thank you for the call and the update. And so I guess people now know that if they don't want to pay taxes to the feds, that they should wait until at least one tax season is completely done. Don't do it in the middle of telling them that you 're going to pay them in a few months because then they really want it from you, so i 'm um, sorry to hear about that that uh, that they came after you and and I understand there's there 's no shame in doing what you 're doing you 've probably got a family and a life and you want to you want to keep that the way it is and but i 'd also suggest that eventually you get together with like minded people uh, come on up to New Hampshire, join the free State project, and at least then you can be around other people that maybe could help you with uh, suggestions as to how better to approach this or at the very least uh, give you some sort of support if you decide to go this route again. I thank you for the call tonight.
2: And uh, also there are uh, advertisers on the radio, I don't know any of them specifically, and don't, I'm not recommending any of them in particular that say that they can help with your tax debt. So I'd go on the Internet and Google something to, to do with uh, you know tax debt relief. Toll-free number,
0: 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hopefully, it'll just be money, because that's what they really want, right? They just want the money, and it sounds like they already have the money. So to some extent, it's going to be an obedience thing. They, they want you to fill out the paperwork and go through that process. And I don't know if he, has to, if he normally has to cut them a check or not. That could be a factor. They, they may still want some money for, uh, from him. But odds are good if he pays enough, they'll just make it go away. There is, though, that, still, that small chance that he could face jail time over not filling out their paperwork correctly. That's a very realistic possibility with these criminal gangsters calling themselves the government. Hour 2 is on the way. You bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. I had a great idea at work yesterday. So, I gathered my A-team to meet online, using WebEx. I passed the ball
8: to Carol in Atlanta, and I created some killer graphics. Then, I passed the ball to
0: Taz in San Jose, because I write the code that makes their ideas work online. Then, I passed the ball to Logan in Cambridge. I'm kind of the keeper of cool. And, hey, it
8: was cool. So, now, my idea wasn't just an idea. It was our hot new product line. Created by our national development team.
7: Spread across three time zones.
8: And we couldn't have done it without passing the ball. Using WebEx. The only way to pass the ball online. Pass the ball. Get your ideas rolling. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radiographic and enter promo code 606. To get a free trial and a free retractable boy pet set. Remember that code, 606. Webex, from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X dot com. Free headsets available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and it is your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. dot com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us uh, again. freetalklive.com. dot com. Starting this hour out by going right back into your phone calls. Alan, uh, Alan is on the line in Texas. Alan, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alan. Can you hear me? You are on the air. What's on your me? mind?
9: Well, I was—I just heard y'all talking about the uh, uh, filing taxes and all that stuff. I was just going to tell you, you know, I—I uh, <laughs> I quit filing a tax return in nineteen eighty nine. Wow. And uh, then through uh, you know certain business problems, uh, dealings, uh, I had to file bankruptcy in about, I think it was 94. Hmm. And uh, they made me, in order to file bankruptcy, I had to go back and file those past returns that I hadn't
0: filed. Well, that makes sense. Bankruptcy is a government process. So you sure. were trying to basically get out of your debts – uh, by using the coercion of the state, and so yeah, it makes sense that they would want you to uh, to play along.
9: Yeah, well, I uh, obviously I you know I filed those uh, just on guesstimates. Uh, everything you know, every number on there basically was a guesstimate. But on every single one of them, uh, and uh, don't get me wrong, I always paid taxes, but I always you know I they took 17 percent. From, in, for as long as I can, they've always taken 17% because of the way I file, et cetera. And I think that's fair. I mean, if they can't get by on 17%, plus all the sales tax, plus all property tax, and everything else, well, then they need to take a pay cut, not me.
0: So you said you think 17% is fair? You feel okay about that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You feel like you're getting good value for your money?
9: No. Well,
0: not why at all. is it fair then? Well,.
9: <laughs> Because uh, I I do feel like we all need to pitch in. I mean, we all
0: have to pitch in. Now, the term pitch in, uh, I love how I'm sorry to interrupt, but I I love how it is that uh, around surrounding taxes, the defenders of taxation love to use these innocuous sounding terms like you're just pitching in. It's like it's, you know, some sort of voluntary contribution. I think you use that word, too.
9: Trust me. If I sound like a, a proponent of taxation, then I, I came across the wrong way because I am not. But I do feel like there is a, an obligation. Really? I think so. I think yeah. I think we're obligated. How? To, to now, I don't think. Uh, the besides money is, the
0: besides the fact that there are men with guns that will throw you in a cage uh, if you don't <laughs> obey, how else are you obligated to this system?
9: Well, you, you got a point, and that you know that goes back to taxing. I was saying is, uh, so in '94 when I had to refile all that stuff, obviously at the bottom of the bottom line was on every single one of those years, I put that the government owed me money back, and naturally they didn't agree with that. Mm-hmm. They ended up saying I owed them about twenty something thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, well, because there's going to be late fees, penalties, and that sort of thing uh, added. Right, right.
9: Absolutely, and uh, to this day, I worked out the, my my primary creditor uh, for the bankruptcy. I negotiated a deal with them and ended the bankruptcy, which, uh, you know, had let the IRS basically loose on me. And uh, since then, since 94, they've sent me letters every now and then, and I haven't filed another tax return since then.
7: Hmm, okay.
9: And they they send me uh, you know a group of letters every year for tax year you know whatever ninety four ninety five ninety six they'll send me a, an individual letter for each year uh, they do that about annually and um, I don't respond.
0: Now is this the letter when you say the letter is it a hey where's your where are your taxes or hey will you file this you year know, here's our it's forms. A,
9: it's a uh, notice. Uh, a notice of deficiency
0: mm-hmm, saying okay.
9: that I still owe them from a past year. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what it is. So
9: it's been. They've not shown up at my house, so if they knock on my door tomorrow, obviously I'm going to be pretty mad at you.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what I did. But, but, uh, yeah,
9: um, well, who knows? But it, you know if, you, saying, if they uh, knock on your
0: door tomorrow, I suggest you not answer it. That's no, always definitely. a good, good tactic to deal with uh, agents of the state. <laughs> You've no obligation to answer the, their door. Your door, you don't right? have to. So, so you're saying that it's been now about a decade and a half that you have not been filing taxes. Yep. Are you a corporate yep. employed kind of guy, or are you an entrepreneur? How is your pay? What what do you do? Uh,
9: well, I, I've had the luxury in the past several years of uh being under a corporate under my own corporate uh. Setting. I mean, I'm you know I'm a corporation now, but uh, for the last you know up until '07, uh, I worked in. I'm not going to say exactly where, That's but fine. I worked for different corporations. How large, you, huge how, corporations? Did you do the and exempt like thing? I did every year. No, I didn't do exempt. I did. Um, I I would file married with eight dependents.
0: Okay, so a lot which of put
9: me at that seventeen percent. They took out seventeen percent.
0: Wait. So if you've got that many dependents, they still take seventeen percent. I thought that you get yeah, to keep all the money.
9: Isn't that crazy?
0: Wait, no. I thought that, that I thought that there's a way to file so many dependents that they just let you keep the entire paycheck and then you. Have well, to...
9: you know what? I tried. Hmm. <laughs> Didn't work out. I, I, yeah, I, I went as high as eight. Now, now how is that, that filing that...
0: different from exempt, Mark? Yeah, you'd said there's an I... exempt thing. I don't know much about all that. I don't so. know either. Okay. I mean, okay. Clearly, well, if you look on the
9: form at the very bottom, you can you can just mark the box exempt. Uh, And I don't Mm. know how it is anymore, but used to. I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. They may make a big deal about it now, but used to. You just mark that box exempt, and as long as your employer didn't make a big deal about it, it wasn't a big deal.
0: Very good. Hey, thanks for the story tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, Alan. Appreciate it. Thanks, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, if you want to tell your tax story, tax freedom story, or uh – Tax failure story. You're certainly welcome to do that. In the meantime, we go to things that are interesting to us. And Mark, you have something about Mormons. What's
2: yeah, going on? I've got uh, just kind of an interesting story. It says gay couple detained near Mormon Plaza after kiss. Uh oh. On July 10, 2009. Utah. Utah. Salt Lake City. AP. That's got to be a tough place to be gay. Yep. A gay couple said they were detained by security guards in a plaza owned by the Mormon church and later cited by police, claiming it stemmed from a kiss on the cheek. Oh, that's harmless. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints said that the men became argumentative and refused to leave after being asked to stop their inappropriate behavior. The men say they were targeted because they were gay. Sounds like it. Matt, uh, whatever his name here is, uh, says said he and his partner, Derek, were walking home from a concert nearby on Thursday night, cutting through the plaza near the Salt Lake City Mormon Temple. Matt, 28, said he gave Derek, 25, a hug and a kiss, and that the two were then approached by a security guard who asked them to leave, telling them that they were being inappropriate and the public displays of affection that weren't allowed on the property, and he said that other guards arrived. The men were handcuffed. Whoa. He asked... Uh, "Well, we...
0: Wait, so does that mean they didn't leave when they were
2: asked to leave? That's pretty much what it means. I see. Um, we asked, what are we doing wrong? Said Matt uh, to the aso- to Associated Press. Church spokesman uh, Kim Ferrara said uh, on a statement Friday that the men were politely asked to stop engaging in inappropriate behavior just mm-hmm. as any other couple would have been. They became argumentative, used profanity, and refused to leave the property. Church did not immediately respond to requests for more co- comment. So... I guess this Whose, is property is this? This is the property of the Mormon Church. Oh. So, this is public property in the sense that uh people are allowed to go there mm-hmm. and walk across it. It is private property in the sense that an organization owns it. And so, so there are rules. This is the this is that nether world of uh, public and private that we're, that's so often blurred. It's obviously this, confusing to people, isn't yeah, it? In today's society, um, they believe that because a restaurant is open to the public, that it in fact is a public thing. Well, and, and there's they evidence they can control it. Right,
0: and right, there's and there's evidence that they can indeed control it. Yes. I mean with things like smoking bans for instance. Uh so the people in the public have enough reason to believe that things that are public or open to the public are indeed subject to their whims. Uh and they believe for instance that they should be able to have free speech uh wherever they are, you know. Oh, well it, this is America. It's free speech everywhere. Well, uh, not really. Not really. That's not how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be that you can have free speech when you're dealing with the government. If you're on a public, a real piece of public property, which is not owned by anyone except for the people calling themselves the government, that's a piece of property you should be able to go on and kiss your lover or uh, speak out in in whatever way you want. More on the way here. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com the features we give them away so enjoy those on us again freetalklive.com features including the shrine of female listeners lady listeners who've sent in their validated photo or video to prove they listen to the show you can see it over at shrine.freetalklive.com that is shrine.freetalklive.com do we need to say more on this uh, this whole mormon situation where the the two gay guys giving one another a peck on the cheek and then uh, proceeding to be detained by the Mormon security guards for not actually respecting their private property and leaving when they were asked to leave. I wonder if they were told this is private property. I wonder how the security guards handled that situation, or did they just ask them to leave? Because a lot of because what we've been talking about here is how there's this confusion that people don't really understand. A lot of Americans don't understand what is public and what is not. And what that really even means. They certainly don't. They they have this attitude of, oh, well, it's America, and so I'm free to be like however I want in public. Whether it's wearing my pants down around my ankles or kissing my lover uh, or you know yelling at the top of my lungs about the end times, uh, you should be free to do what you want in public. And generally that's a true statement, but public really only means commons. Uh, public means the, the property that is so-called commonly owned by everybody and so therefore is owned by nobody. That's what's meant by public. Everything else is private property, and the private property owner gets to decide what those rules are. And if you don't like them, then you should leave. So I just – I wonder how well the security guards actually handled that. Because if they had said, hey, this is private property, then what would they have said to that? Because then they wouldn't have been able to say, well, we should be able to kiss one another here. Well, that doesn't – I don't think that excuse would really fly. I don't think they would be able to respond in that I way. I don't
2: know. It's, it would seem like the first thing that one would say, but um, yeah. you know, not not everybody reacts in the same in the same ways, obviously. So, is there anything else you wanted to add to that, Mark? No, I you know, basically covered it. I I think that uh these guys should be able to, you know, be out in public and do yeah. whatever display of affection they'd like. I'm oh, not yeah. saying that I'm excited about it or you anything like that. You should be like able that. to
0: stand in your front yard and uh, make out with uh, somebody if you want to. If that's your if, you, if that's your thing, um but that's your property. Then you get to decide. As somebody asked the other this weekend, should you be able to burn a cross in your front, you know, front lawn? Well, if it's your cross and it's your front lawn and your fire doesn't spread to your neighbor's lawn, yeah, you should. It's gross. It's outrageous. But that's what free speech is about. And if you've got your own property or you're on the piece of property that where someone allows free speech, that's also a possibility. Free speech can be allowed. Like on this show, it's mostly free speech on Free Talk Live, but we've got some restrictions. You know, That's just the way things are. 800-259-9231. And if you don't like it, then that's just uh, should be an impetus for you to buy your own property and do what you want on your property. And no one should be able to stop you, except for, of course, the government who will come in and make arbitrary demands about what you can and can't do. And, well, that's a whole other issue entirely. So, speaking of the government coming in and making demands, uh, a lot of times if they make demands and you don't obey, the taser comes out. We've heard of uh, story after story of people being seriously injured. Certainly they're uh, the, being harmed and they're, they're having their freedom stolen from them. But in some cases, death results from these taser incidents. And William Grigg over at LouRockwell.com has a few thoughts. He says, most of the time when a citizen dies needlessly at the hands of one of the state's armed enforcers, we're told insistently by both the agency that employed the assailant and the state-aligned media that the officer acted appropriately and that he followed established procedures. And it seems like it's 99.9% of the time. It's almost every time we see some sort of police abuse story that the police involved, after an internal investigation, are completely cleared from any kind of wrongdoing. And it's just the, uh, the story of the thin blue line closing around its ranks and protecting their brotherhood. That's what they call themselves. So they call themselves a brotherhood. Where the death, according to Grigg, was clearly a result of police violence, defenders of the state's apparatus of regimentation take refuge in contrived ambiguity. For instance, whenever a young person dies after being subjected to electroshock torture via the taser, the public is lectured about the lethal effects of... Excited delirium. It's a mysterious condition that seems to afflict only those who are gang-tackled, tased, and otherwise abused by the police. While some medical examiners accept excited delirium as a valid cause of death, the condition is not widely recognized among medical professionals, apart from those closely associated with law enforcement. Accordingly, when an overweight individual who may suffer from type 2 diabetes, cardiac disease and similar conditions dies needlessly in police custody, we're told that it wasn't the tasing and beating and other mistreatment by the police that killed him. It was the sudden lethal expression of an underlying health problem or a case of excited delirium. The excited delirium rationale can also be applied when police kill innocent, nonviolent people who are taking prescription drugs for bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and similar conditions. Thus, when police in southern Utah murdered 32-year-old Brian Cardill near Hurricane last month, practically the first words to fall from the mouths of one of the assailants was that Mr. Cardill was killed by excited delirium. Not by the repeated taser strikes used to subdue the husband and father during a psychotic episode. A different but related approach to police self-justification was displayed in the recent death of 42-year-old Donald Stogner of Walker, Louisiana. Stogner was pulled over apparently for a traffic violation by Livingston County Deputy Sheriff Chris Sturdivant. During the stop, the deputy noticed something in Stogner's right hand. When Stogner refused to open his hand, Sturdivant grabbed him and tried to pry it open struggle ensued, in which, as documented by the deputy's dashcam video, Stogner appeared to put something in his mouth. This prompted Sturtevant, a wiry, athletic male, to climb the larger man's back, wrap an arm around his throat, and throw him to the ground, where the two grappled for nearly five minutes. During the scuffle, Sturtevant can be heard repeatedly ordering Stogner to spit it out. Stogner, for his part, can be heard groaning and laboring for breath. The latter being a result not only of exertion, but of a naked chokehold being used, somewhat inefficiently by the deputy. At one point, Stogner apparently knocked a can of pepper spray from Sturdivant's hands. The struggle continued until a second officer arrived and pitched in. Stogner wasn't breathing by the time his protectors were finished serving him, and he was pronounced dead shortly thereafter. Mm. The preliminary finding by the local medical examiner, Dr. Ron Coe, was that there were many factors in Stogner's death. The middle-aged, overweight man was a methamphetamine user and had been arrested on drug charges several times, including an arrest just days before he died. He suffered cardiac arrhythmia, severe atherosclerosis, and had an enlarged heart, all of which reflected a poor diet and unhealthy lifestyle, and
2: would have probably killed him eventually. Almost by way of the after- most unhealthy part of his lifestyle was uh, disobeying this police, police officer, officer yeah. apparently.
0: <laughs> Almost by way of afterthought, Dr. Coe pointed out that Stogner also had a broken hyoid bone, a U-shaped bone, uh, bone rather located at the base of the tongue, right where the deputy had been applying a chokehold for several minutes. This indicates that there was some force applied to this reg- uh, region by Officer Sturdivant, admitted Coe, before insisting that any of the aforema- uh, aforementioned conditions could have resulted in Stagner's death. So no, it's not the taser or the club, the chokehold, or the gang beating that kills a nonviolent offender. The recipient of state-inflicted violence simply chose that precise instance to have a heart attack. There's nothing to see here. Just move along. Just excited delirium. Just another case of excited delirium. This is when the cops murder somebody. It's never murder when the cops do it. How could it be? You killed yourself. They are the law. 800 259 Hey, it's not our fault you chose that moment to die. Free Talk Live.
4: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. dot Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Our features on the site are free, and they include updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And guns, protests, smoking bans, biker rallies, comic conventions, pork fest, homeschooling, mortgages, and pirates. And, of course, there's the puppet from outer space. You know all of this if you already watch ThinkTwiceNews.com. If you haven't, you should go check them out. ThinkTwiceNews.com. 800-259-9231. We will go quickly here into an email from Parker. He says, guys, I need your help. I was laid off recently and have a dilemma. I've been begging or begged rather repeatedly, from my father. I've been begged repeatedly from my father, Yep, that's what he wrote, and my fiance to sign up to receive government unemployment while I look for work. I'm something of an island when it comes to understanding liberty, and they can't comprehend why I won't just do it. The fact is, there are layoffs happening all the time these days and not enough jobs to rehire everybody. It may take me several months to find work, and the money I have isn't going to last that long. Unemployment checks may be just what I need to carry me through this hard time, and my money, by proxy of my old employer, has already gone into the unemployment system because I live under this socialist paradigm, and maybe it's not so bad to reclaim what I've put into it at this point. I am getting desperate. So my question is... Is it selling out my principles to receive from a wealth redistribution program that I've already been forced to pay into? I'd like to see the program abolished and the money put back into paychecks like it belongs. But in the meantime, this is the real world, and I have to eat. Am I just being stubborn? What
2: would you do? Well, what would I do and what um, what do I recommend might be uh, what, uh, might be different things. Um, I'm of the opinion. I should take the money. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm saying here. I'm of the opinion that you ha- did pay into that system, whether you wanted to or not. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, you sh- sh- should go ahead and make use of it if you can get it. If a man comes up and robs you on the street takes yeah. and takes, says, give me half your money, it's a strange robbery, I admit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he only takes half of your money, and then he goes out, and, he does, and apparently he does this all over town, and then he mm-hmm. goes to the center of town, and he hands out $10 bills to people and keeps a great deal of the money for himself probably 50 60 70% of that money but he does hand out 10 dollar bills it's there's nothing wrong with you going no. and taking 10 dollar you know as many 10 dollar bills from this guy as you can get um, yep that's how i feel about it admittedly when i lost my job uh you know one point in the past i did not go and get uh unemployment Probably because I didn't understand how unemployment insurance worked uh, very thoroughly, and I don't like de- wading through the morass of government crap. I, I wouldn't either, but if you're unemployed, you don't really have anything better to do, right? Right, and, <laughs> you know, admittedly. Besides look for another job. Right, and and I did or... that, and I, and I did it very quickly and, and managed to, you know, find a new one pretty quickly, but... There's nothing wrong with uh, accepting money from the, you know, unemployment administration or whatever it is.
0: Now, how does unemployment work? I've never been in a situation where, first of all, I don't think I've ever paid into it. You know, if you're paying into it, right? Isn't isn't it indicated on a paycheck somehow? Um, I. I- I, I don't know. Like when I was working at Clear Channel? There's all, all these initials. In, I don't
2: even know what, uh, what what they all stand for. I
0: remember seeing fedi- uh, the federal income tax, Medicare, and Social Security. As a, If I'm recalling correctly, and it's been a long time since I've gotten a paycheck from anybody. Uh, but if I'm recalling correctly, those were the only three things on my paycheck. So how does one determine if one is paying into unemployment?
2: Is it only well, for people with certain types of careers? No, all jobs – all jobs. Uh, all, Actual employment pays into unemployment. If you are a contractor. What about full time versus part time? All unemployment pays into (laughs) unemployment. Um, What is it considered part of?
0: I I'm know. not. I'm asking the wrong person. You here. are. Right? Okay. All right. Well, I'm, then I'm asking the universe. Uh, anybody out there uh, knows more about this unemployment thing? Wants to enlighten me. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the cycle C A I toll free line. Whenever I've heard of people getting unemployment, I've always thought they were. Like construction workers or something like that, for whatever reason, and that there was something very specific that their boss was well,
2: doing to take out extra money for the purposes of uh, of unemployment the unions do tend to be uh, big on on using unemployment as because what they'll do is they'll get laid off between jobs and mm-hmm. then they'll um you know use their unemployment as income so it for some union jobs unemployment is integral I think that if you
0: are in a situation like Parker here is and that you really are having that kind of a tough time finding another job. And I don't I can't say how difficult it is out there. I imagine it can be difficult in some places. Uh, if you're in that dire straits situation, then yeah, I don't see what the problem is. But I don't think it would be something I would run and jump to. Uh, and it sounds like he didn't. It sounds like he's tried to hold off as as long as he possibly could. And that's because of the whole I don't want to fill out government paperwork. I don't want to be beholden to them. I don't want to. I don't know what comes along. What strings come along with the unemployment checks? But I imagine there are some strings. And so if it's a matter of living off of savings for a little while while you try to get another job and then sort of begrudgingly going in and, and taking the check, that might be the best way to kind of save face uh, throughout it. But you paid in, you might as well get some money back out of it. That's why I don't feel terrible about what I did when I was younger, which was uh, took the government money to go to college. I went to a two years, uh, two years of uh, community college, basically, and they paid for it because i got good grades or something like that i forget what they call brights futures or bright scholars or something like that and but i've been paying taxes uh so it makes sense to get the uh, the money back out of the system but you also have to be careful that you don't start becoming part of the system in, in that whole process. And I don't know how easy that would be. I don't know how likely it is that somebody who is uh, of a principled mindset could be corrupted by the the unemployment checks that are that are coming in. I, I don't know.
2: Well, the unemployment of the government programs out there certainly isn't the worst one as far as uh, getting people... Does it run out? Yes. Okay, so they... It's been are, extended to six months, but it used to be three. Oh,
0: okay. So it doesn't have anything to do with how much you actually paid in then. It's just... You get this if you go for it. It's an insurance program.
2: Well, sort of.
0: 800-259-9231. That's the SACL it's CA. It's a
2: mandatory insurance program. Yeah,
0: SACL C A I toll told Freeline. Let's talk to Chris, listening to KBYO in Louisiana. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Chris, you are on the air. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
10: Hey, I heard y'all talking about unemployment and... Uh... So I was just going to call in and answer answer some of the questions that you guys were asking each other that y'all didn't know the answers to. Yes,
0: sir. Please. Thank you.
10: Uh, the uh, And in the state of Louisiana, the unemployment program is a mandatory insurance program. Like you said, it's run by the state. Okay, so this freedom, is not a federal it, thing then? Yeah. Right now, well, uh, but the
2: federal government coerced um, the states back in nineteen thirty-six or something like that. Basically, hmm. all the states. There are fifty-one different uh, unemployment programs, but including Puerto Rico. They're um uh, I believe it's just uh, the District of Columbia. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah,
10: Go the government, the federal government, probably helps fund part of it, and mm-hmm. uh, it feels like they have the right to regulate it by giving them, you know, a little bit of money. But uh, the premiums are paid by the by your employer, and the premium is based on the employer's past history as far as uh, unemployment claims and uh, unemployment insurance. How much they paid into unemployment insurance, as opposed to how many claims they've had uh, through the office of unemployment.
0: So it's based on the employer's history.
10: Right. Right. How many people get packed off enough, I guess, to file an unemployment claim against the employer. So if you employ people and you run them off and you make them mad and they go file a claim, it makes your premiums go up.
0: So you have to pay more into the system if people, fi- if people file for the unemployment. People so they're file, sort of, So, right, so that's employer. kind of an incentive to keep people uh, in their jobs, basically. Right.
10: And to, well, and to keep people from being fired. It's cheaper to keep them employed and... Um,
0: See that's 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 I that's, guess the,
10: I, I'm, the cost of uh, their lack of efficiency than it is to fire them and have to pay them half of what they're worth for not doing anything.
0: That is uh, that I'm glad you brought that up because that's disturbing to me and it's just another example of how meddlesome the government can be in the marketplace. I thank you for the call and the uh, the expertise. The idea that they're, they're essentially giving business owners an incentive to not fire people that need to be fired.
2: Well, um, but it, it also incentivizes them to do better hiring, too. Because if you're firing a whole bunch of people over and over again, maybe there is something wrong with your business. I'm not saying I support yeah. it, but uh, there is one in Puerto Rico, too, just so you know.
0: Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Of course, the ideal system would be for employees to pay into their own insurance program. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel's CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, one of the best ways to do it is by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, if it's used or brand new, they sell it most likely at Amazon. And you can just go to amazon.freetalklive.com, enter through that portal, we'll get a percentage. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. So, Mark, uh, in, the, in the world of talk radio, there are certain topics that get coverage more than others. Of and course. Seems, some are interesting, some aren't. It seems like... In the world of conservaclone talk radio, what one host talks about, the others talk about. It does seem that way. So, not that we are a conservaclone show, anybody that's listened to Free Talk Live for longer than five minutes probably understands that. What is it that you're bringing this Sotomayor chick up for? <laughs> like, what is the. I know you've got her in your show prep tonight, and it seems like any time I tune into conservative talk radio, that's, that's who they're talking about. She's the, uh, the bureaucrat of the moment.
2: I guess. Well, uh, she's very controversial. She could be appointed to the Supreme Court, which some would argue is the most important uh, body in the nation. I would
0: argue that it doesn't matter a whit who they appoint to the Supreme Court. Any way you slice it, it's going to
2: be some authoritarian status sicko. There have been, in my opinion, better uh, choices and worse choices that have been nominated. Okay. So what's this lady doing now? What's happening? Uh, according to this, Sotomayor supported censoring the biblical verse on homosexuality from a New York City billboard. President Barack Obama looks, this is from uh, the AP, mm-hmm. um, President Barack Obama looks on as his Supreme Court nominee Sotomayor speaks in the East Room of the White House in Washington, D.C. There's a little picture here. It's nice. Is he looking on proudly? He does seem to be. Um, Actually, excuse me, this is from cnsnews.com. Supreme Court nominee Sotomayor is again drawing fire from conservative groups, this time as the result of a 2003 ruling against a Christian group. In the case of whatever, um, Ocaladi versus Molinari, uh, decided in 2003. Sotomayor said on a three-judge panel that upheld a lower court's ruling from 2001 against... Keyword Ministries and its pastor Christopher Okedwe. Now, by the way, we talked about this on the air at the time. We did, yeah, we did. And what happened? What happened? What do you mean? What, what what's the issue? It, haven't you been listening? No. Okay, good. <laughs>
0: you said she uh, ruled against this guy, but I don't recall what it was for. Did you say? Yes. Oh, okay. Um For having a biblical
2: verse on homosexuality on a New York City billboard. Oh, on a billboard. Okay, gotcha. From um, let's see. <clears throat> the ministry had purchased billboard advertising advertisements featuring Bible verses that condemned homosexuality. Hmm. The ads were taken down after a local government official complained about their message to the community. The company, excuse me, that owned the billboard, and Okedwi sued both the company and the government official who wrote the complaint. He claimed that rights were violated under the, his rights were violated in free speech, establishment, and free exercise clauses of the uh, First Amendment, the equal protection clause of the Fourth Amendment. Several state laws. The advertisement
0: sounds about right. He should be free to be a uh, to be a bigot if he wants to. I, I may find him personally despicable and distasteful, but you know, I don't have to. I, I guess it's hard to avoid the billboards, but that's private property, and people can uh, put what they want on them. As far as I'm concerned, if you don't like it, find another way to drive.
2: The advertisements featured various translations of Leviticus 18:22, which. Libertari- or excuse me, which uh, Christians don't believe that we're under the law of anyway, because well, you know, when you ask them about eating uh, unclean meats and things like that, they'll say that we were delivered from that by Peter's vision in Acts that says that we're no longer under the law. So why are the gay people under the law of 18, uh, Leviticus eighteen twenty-two? Because those they hate gays. Yeah, and which reads the King James version, and if the King James version was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, womankind, it's an abomination. Okay. So, posted in the uh, New York City um, borough of Staten Island, the messages were taken down after Guy Marlinari, that's the uh, borough president, sent a letter condemning them to P&E Media. Crap, Mark, we've lied together. But not the way you lie with womankind. Well, lying is just lying. You mean being in the same bed? Yeah. In a hotel room yeah. to, to save the amplifiers money? Yeah, it's an abomination. We've, we've abominated, Mark. I, I concur. What does that mean? That the amplifiers could probably spring for another frickin' bed for your co-host. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> As president of Staten Island, Molinari wrote, I want to inform you that this message conveys an atmosphere of intolerance which is not welcome in our borough. The advertisements were taken down later that day. Now, are there levels of abomination? I'm sorry. Day uh,
0: later, right? All right, we'll get to that. Are there different levels of abomination? Like, is it abomination to just lie next to a man, or is it a more of an abomination to see his package? Uh, Is it more of an abomination to you know take it to the next level? I mean, or is it just abomination level one and that's it?
2: Well I'm not certain that the uh, Leviticus goes over um viewing a man's package as a sin <laughs> however um well if you if lying with him is a sin then you'd think it'd be a i wouldn't a sin. think so otherwise <laughs> uh, at the gym i've created i've i've had a lot of abominations mm, good point um point so uh, <laughs> and, and I'm confused by your question, I must say, but uh, Leviticus doesn't say uh, most of these these the laws and um you know the Old testament don't say things like, it's an abomination behind every sin. So in this case, Christians, Jews, might be able to make a reasonably good argument that it's a greater sin to lie with a a woman as though they are a man, which I guess you really can't do that unless you're doing stuff to your wife that I don't want to hear about. But um, because men don't have the same parts. How could you lie with a man as you lie with a Mm, woman? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But um, they may have done things differently back in the day. I don't know. Hmm. But, um, you know, they don't. In in Leviticus 19, uh, the 20-something verse or something, they say, don't mark yourself for the dead and don't uh, round the edges of your Head, Whatever that means. Hmm. Um, you know, cut your beard, run the, round the edges of your head. I don't know. What, what beard. I don't even know what it means. Is that also it? an abomination to round one's head? It is not head? one of those. No. You see It doesn't say it's an abomination. So this is an abomination that just says you shouldn't do it.
0: Now, is an abomination as bad as breaking a Ten Commandment? Like it, is that is killing somebody also an abomination
2: or it is, I I don't know abominations weren't uh, weren't included in that I'm sure some of our Christian
0: listeners can help clear these questions up that I have 800-259-9231.
2: just trying to understand all right Mark go ahead <laughs> well, I, you know, I I I don't even know where to go with it uh, specifically so they but,
0: took it down the same this this message went up
2: and was taken down the same day well. The same day that the borough president uh, entered the, um, the the complaint. I so it's interesting how quickly things can get done when a government official with the power of uh, the state behind them you know, gets involved. In 2001, the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of New York dismissed um, O'Kedwe's lawsuit. An appeal was entered, and the case went to mm. a three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals Second Circuit. In 2002, the judges on the panel were included uh, Son- Sonia Mayor. In the summary order, the judges ruled that the district court was correct to dismiss Okedui's claim that uh, Molinari's letter violated his free speech rights. Plaintiffs contend that Molinari violated their rights under the free exercise clause by criticizing the billboard's message as unnecessarily confrontational and offensive and by creating an atmosphere of intolerance in order to prevail on a free exercise clause claim, the plaintiff generally must establish that the object of the challenged law is to affringe or restrict practices because of their religious motivation or that its purpose um, that its purpose is the suppression of religion or religious conduct. Can you translate does. that for me? They said it doesn't matter because he's not actually um, saying anything about your religion. He's saying things about what you said. So, um they, they, they continued, the plaintiffs have no uh, no facts that suggest that Molinari's purpose or the purpose of the New York law was to single out plaintiffs' religious expression. In fact, plaintiffs acknowledge that Molinari acted pursuant to the general policy against intolerance and bigotry expressed in the New York law and the New York City Administrative Code. Therefore, because plaintiffs have not shown that Molinari lacked a rational basis for enforcing that policy, the district court correctly dismissed the exercise. Now, who uh, is Molinari again? I'm sorry, I'm lost. Molinari is the pastor? No, he, no, the judge. He, that no He is the, the bureau so many names. mayor guy. Okay. So can you Up recap this for me cuz I I'm, I'm a little lost as to what. They're saying message. the free exercise of legalese here. Yeah, they're saying that the free exercise the, the, the complainant about his uh, you know free exercise against the free exercise clause is um, of religion is invalid because this doesn't have anything to do with the guy's religion. They're not stifling your religion. What he's stifling is your freedom of speech. Offensiveness. They're saying it's too offensive. Well, they're saying that doesn't matter. They're not even going to hear that. They're saying that... It's not stifling oh, he brought, religion.
0: He brought his case based on the claim that it was a stifling of his religion, and they're saying, no, it's not.
2: Well, it said that it was violated under the free speech. Um, several um, sections, and they seem to only talk about that one section. So they just kind of set all that aside and only address that one thing. I guess that's the case. Which we've seen judges do. We saw uh, Judge
0: Burke do that here with Sam, uh, our friend who was sitting in jail for 58 days. He wrote all kinds of motions and things like that, and the judge just ignored most all of it. Yeah. Apparently they have no obligation to uh, act on any of this stuff. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all
8: active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out, up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, I will share an email with you as one of our emailers is accusing me of worshiping authority. We'll see what that's all about, but first, your calls. Pat in Michigan, you're on Freetalk Live. Hello, Pat. Hey,
7: guys. How's it
12: going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was just wondering. um, There's been a lot of, uh, I guess, press uh, lately in the media about um, China's uh, accelerating growth rates. And I was wondering if you guys thought that, you know, is is their growth rate sustainable? Because uh, I think it's averaged like 8 or 9% over the last 10 years, but mostly on exporting goods to countries like the U.S. So do you think that model is sustainable? And do you think if uh, people, say, in high school or early in college, do you think those people... If they can't make it to New Hampshire for the Free State Project, do you think they should move to uh, Asia instead of uh, staying in the U.S.?
0: Okay, let's uh, address them both here. Uh, is it sustainable? I'm not an economics expert. I don't know what's going on over in China. I know they've had I, – I know you're right. They have had a lot of growth, and I, I understand that they are not as restrictive as they used to be as far as on businesses and even private property ownership and things like that. The marketplace, I understand, is starting to open up. Compar- comparatively, at least uh, to you know when, when Chairman Mao was in charge, uh, things have gotten better over there, decade after decade, uh, continuously. So it seems like it's a pretty positive picture. But what is it all really based on? What's the real economic situation over there? I, I have no idea. I I wouldn't be able to answer that question uh, very accurately. Mark your thoughts. Well, I wouldn't want to be
2: uh, I, I wouldn't want to be the one who depends uh, almost solely on uh, selling goods and service or goods to uh, the United States right now.
0: Well, but Chinese goods are fairly affordable uh, compared to U.S.-made goods,
2: so you could say that, well... But there aren't that many U.S.-made goods. There's basically Chinese-made goods. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point.
12: Well, there are, I mean, the U.S. is the biggest manufacturer in the world, but the thing is,
2: like... Is that true?
12: Yes, it is.
0: Still, what do we manage... Uh,
2: what is the U.S. manufacture? It isn't to- toasters and bicycles, I can tell you that. Yeah, what is being not, manufactured here?
12: Not a lot here? of things. Not a lot of things. Um, the biggest export is agricultural products.
0: But
2: that's and not a manufacturer. Yeah, right
0: yeah, is is, that, is a uh, product, a raw product, considered a manufacturing uh, process? I don't think so.
12: Well, when you take the commodity and you process it, that's considered manufacturing. Okay. So like a company like Archer Daniels Midland. Gotcha. So, um, but, you know, a lot of that has to do with the uh, subsidies that, um, you know, like the farm bill and stuff. So basically what happens is, you know, our farmers are subsidized, so we send all of this food over to third world countries where um, our prices are cheaper than, um, you know, the prices at which their farmers can sell goods to their own people. So we basically destroy their markets, and, uh, you know, that's the only way we can, that's our only export, that and uh, weapons.
0: So basically you have two questions, both of which are going to be skewed answers because, number one, uh, the first question, I just don't know much about the Chinese economy. I, I certainly don't know what their political climate is like there beyond just what I've heard through anecdotes and, and reading the occasional article on, like, LouRockwell.com And uh, everything I've heard is very positive toward them just being becoming more allowing. And, of course, we we talked about Hong Kong recently on the show and how Hong Kong has been pretty much untouched by the Chinese, and it, it's still thriving. So looks to be generally good news, which leads to the second question, and that was should somebody who's just graduating high school or college move over into China as opposed to New Hampshire? Was that the second question?
12: Well, not as opposed to New Hampshire, but, um, you know, say you're going into uh, a line of work where you can't really get a job in New Hampshire doing now, uh, hypothetically. But, um you know, I'm looking at the, the Heritage Institute's uh, Index of Economic Freedom for 2009, and four of the top five countries are all located, you know, in the east, there's Hong Kong, number one, Singapore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to go there and get caned, but uh, number yeah. three is Australia. Number five is New Zealand. Number four is Ireland. But, um, yeah, that's, that's four of the top five.
0: Are, I would say right that China. Uh, you have to remember when you're looking at that that list of the econ- the economic freedom indexes, and there are a couple of them, the Heritage Foundation does one, and then there's the Free the World Economic Index as well. They They do one as well. And uh, what I would be cautious about is remembering that this is just economic freedom. Yeah. So as you pointed out, you know that there's a good chance you'll get caned for spitting gum into the street uh, in yeah. Singapore. And then, of course, Australia is well known as a fairly socialist-leaning place. Uh, I mean, this, this is the same country that has just recently installed internet mandatory ISP-level internet filters on every single person in, in Australia. So it's certainly not a free country there. If, if what you're looking for is freedom, uh, then your best chance, I believe, is in New Hampshire. That's why I'm here. Uh, but if what you're looking for is some sort of opportunity that doesn't exist in
2: New Hampshire, then you've got to go where that is. There may be freer places than New Hampshire. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard of this mythical land of Zug, Switzerland, where everything is libertarian lollipops. So you might consider uh, looking into that. Um, I would also consider which, uh, which nations do you speak the language? Because that's going to be an, uh, a barrier to yeah. income if you can't communicate well. Um, and, and it's going to take a while to learn how to do that, and then you know, so, so that's, going to, that's going to take time and money to learn how to, to speak the language. But if uh, what New Hampshire's for is to create a free place mm-hmm. so that we can save the world. I mean, that's the idea, is so that you, we can you know, show, show people. There hasn't been a libertarian nation, really, and the idea is to be able to show people, look, this is how it worked here in the United States. It can be done. So really you should not move to New Hampshire for freedom for yourself as much as your you know if you want to help free other people. Yeah, it's the prospect of freedom. absolutely.
12: In the US. Absolutely. I mean if you're going to be in the US, I mean why not why not move to New Hampshire? I mean, where else? You, I mean, I don't know where else you're going to go. Maybe well,
0: yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. There was a, there's a lady that was visiting here in the Keene area over the weekend for the first time and she was really impressed with uh, with what was going on and she she was only here for two days and she'd already started falling in love with being here and there really hadn't been any activism per se that had happened in those two days then the next day uh, one guy got arrested for running through a stop sign and not giving his license uh, and registration over afterwards which of course resulted in a tremendous uh, show of support from the activists who came out this morning to the uh, the arraignment uh, he was released on personal recognition just to give folks an update in case they've been paying attention at freekeen.com. Also, Dave Ridley uh, from RidleyReport.com got out over the weekend, and there were 42 people at the jail for a what is now becoming a quickly becoming a jail tradition, where anytime somebody's getting out of jail, there's a huge party that happens out in front of the jail. And uh, we had 42 people out there. Chris brought out um one of the the Keniacs brought out his grill, and I brought brought out this. I, I I didn't bring out enough hot dogs. I thought I thought wow, you know, there's only usually 20 people max here at the prison, so I'll just bring 24 dogs, which should be more than enough. There were 42 people there. Uh so luckily other people brought food out too. We had watermelon and everything it was a whole big old uh shindig. It was cool. Soiree. Yeah, so that's the kind of stuff that just is not happening anywhere else and it's so unique to uh to here to New Hampshire to this liberty movement and it's exciting to think that it's only just getting started at this point. It's really just barely begun. Uh and so there's so much still to come and so much excitement and fun. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Oh no. That's about it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Uh fully informed jury association also happened this morning. She was there for that. So this lady has gotten a real whirlwind tour of, of liberty activism here in, in New Hampshire in just one weekend's time. There's been so much happening. Social and uh social events and actual activism all within just a matter of days. And she, uh, one other thing, which was pretty impressive, she had arrived here and they posted a message saying they were going to have lunch. They posted this message, I think at about nine in the morning and then at one o'clock, so four hours, maybe it was eight. So four or five hours
2: later, 12 people showed up to have lunch. Which that's pretty damn good. That's what it's like here. Um, yeah, you know it's uh, the 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 liberty activists are active. They're in tune, and they are you know they're essentially it's a, it's a it's a plug in group of friends that believe the same thing that you do. Some uh, would go so far,
0: and I would agree with this that, that 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 some of them I think are more than friends. I think this is yeah you know, this is my chosen family basically. This is my chosen uh, place that I that I want to live. I I it's so great being here. There's there's just I've never had so much fun. Really, honestly, I-, I can say that. I've never been so involved in anything and had so much fun in my in my whole life. And Mark, I think you were the only one who wasn't there at the uh, the picnic yesterday, Mister Shut In. I had things to do. <laughs> All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. Talk about a role reversal. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll free 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, Free Talk Live dot com and the features include live streams we've got a broadband version dial-up version even a webcam version of the show you can listen and watch it all at listen.freetalklive.com that's listen.freetalklive.com
2: audible.com offers over sixty thousand downloadable audiobooks magazines and radio shows for your iPod or mp3 player listen to them on your computer too if you want you can try them out by downloading a free audiobook Today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. you don't go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, you won't get the free audiobook. So go there and check it out, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL.
0: Now, you can't give Free Talk Live, you can't uh, give us beef for, uh, you, you can't claim, rather, that Free Talk Live doesn't give credit where credit's due. When it comes to government bureaucrats doing the right thing, it barely ever happens, uh, but in this case... According to DailyCamera.com in Boulder, Colorado, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner says he hopes his appearance on CBS's 60 Minutes earlier this year will get people talking about potential solutions to binge drinking and alcohol enforcement issues. He is talking about, Mark, lowering the drinking age. It is very rare that anybody in government, specifically the enforcement branch, the police department, especially the police chiefs, Will engage in any intellectual honesty about prohibition, which is what it. I mean, that's basically if you're 18, 19, and 20, you're prohibited from drinking alcohol. There is a prohibition on alcohol for anybody under the age of 21. So, to have him being honest about what's happening out there and coming up with solutions that don't involve stricter enforcement and more people in jail cells, this guy deserves uh, this guy deserves some some cred. Uh, some credit. I agree. So according to the story, he said he also knows that going national with his opinion that the drinking age should be lowered to 18 as part of a larger reform on alcohol laws might stir some controversy. He says we shouldn't be afraid to have the discussion. We've got problems now, and the drinking a- drinking for ages 18 to 21 is on the rise. Why wouldn't we want to include everything on the table for discussion? City's top cop has faced both cheers and jeers for his strong opinions, which were solicited by 60 Minutes reporters or 60 Minute producers last March. The show paid for Beckner to fly to New York for the interview. News release from the producers touted him as the lead voice in the story. The police chief in a town where underage college kids routinely break the law by drinking alcohol. We live in a college town or I do here in Keene, New Hampshire, and I can tell you. Kids break the law here, too. What a point. I bet you kids are breaking the law right now, wherever you are. Uh, In fact, anybody that doesn't realize this is living in some sort of bizarre fantasy world. And anybody that thinks that they can enforce their way out of this problem is mad. You're insane to believe that you could somehow stop kids from drinking by putting more of them in jail cells. It's not going to work. According to the story here, the police chief... Says that the drinking age should be lowered because it's unenforceable and detracts from policing more serious alcohol crimes like DUI. Becker says the show will also reference the 2004 alcohol poisoning death of University of Colorado freshman Lynn Gordon Gordy Bailey, which is why he was contacted. Beckner said while he hasn't contacted any lawmakers or actively campaigned for making changes to the drinking age, okay, so. He hasn't really done very much, but speaking out counts when you're a bureaucrat because there's a lot of politics uh, going on behind the scenes. Yes, politics goes on up front with the elections and all that, but there's inter-office kind of uh, political wrangling that happens a lot within bureaucracy. And so for somebody to take a position against the establishment who is part of the establishment can be, in, in many cases, damaging to one's career. Especially if you're on the lower rungs of the uh, the various different tiers of bureaucracy, if you're just a a standard patrolman like our buddy Brad Jardis, uh, one of the members of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition who is an actual on-duty police officer, it has not been easy to be Brad Jardis. But as a police chief, you've got a little bit more clout, you've got a little more sway. And so people are a little more likely to leave you alone in the event that you say something like this and take a sensible position in favor of ending at the very least the prohibition for the ages 18, 19 and 20. He's not saying reduce the drinking age all the way, which, of course, I would say and I would say end the drinking age entirely and allow each business owner to decide for themselves who they want to sell to. But he goes on to say that uh, he thinks that lowering the drinking age would free up resources. He says we can write as many tickets as our staffing will allow. And collect on them. Yeah. But yet binge drinking is on the rise. And you have to wonder, are there better ways to spend resources? Despite his personal feelings, city records indicate enforcement has remained steady during the past two years. Last year, Boulder police issued over 1,200 uh, 1200 tickets for underage possession or consumption of alcohol, almost identical to the ticket number issued in 2007. Becker suggests that a combination of a lower drinking age with phased stages that could include a drinking permit might be an effective way of teaching responsible drinking sooner. I don't know if the government can be counted on to teach people how to responsibly drink, but I appreciate the fact that this guy had the, uh, the courage to come out with, with the way he feels on this. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm with him on that one. you know. Going, I'm not going to go that far with him, but I'm going to say uh, thank you to this guy, uh, Mr. Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner, for having the courage to buck the bureaucracy and come out and, and really take a strong position. So we need more of this. Of course, it won't happen because politicians are a bunch of cowards and uh, they're afraid of what might happen in the, n- in the next election. I yeah, mean, this if a poli- man's not, definitely not a coward. Right. If a, politician, if a politician believed he could get elected on a position like that, then they'd take the position. But they don't believe that to be the case. I don't know what the, the truth would be. I mean, maybe if somebody did come out with a uh, a real strong anti-prohibitionist message as a... As a Politico, they would actually have a better chance, or maybe they'd go down in flames. Who knows? Has it ever been tried? Has there ever been somebody who's who's really run for office with a with a serious candidacy that has uh, has come out in in favor of ending prohibition? I'm sure that uh, plenty of libertarians have. Yeah, but you know what I mean.
2: In like a two way race where somebody actually has a chance of winning. I don't know. I I don't either. Uh, but it, I know you're going to get some uh, emails from saying that libertarians don't have a chance of winning. Well,
0: I can tell you that I don't really expect anything to ever change through the the political system in this way, but with a little bit more courage from some of the politicos, maybe it could. Who knows? I'm I'm not completely shut off to the possibility. I hope that the politicos here in New Hampshire can prove me wrong. Unfortunately, they've had a big setback recently. I don't know if this has been mentioned on this program, but the medical marijuana thing has been vetoed here in New Hampshire by the governor. So after watering it down and watering it down the uh, the most wimpy, pathetic, kneely-mouthed uh, piece of legislation that could possibly be introduced has failed at the governor's desk here in New Hampshire. It was going to create uh, the medical marijuana dispensaries that were going to be essentially state, I don't know if they're going to be state-run, but basically state dispensaries, maybe run by some private person, that only certain... People with certain medical conditions would be able to patronize. It was a very tightly controlled uh, scheme. They weren't even going to allow patients to grow their own uh, uh, medical marijuana. I mean, it was the most restrictive, lame medical marijuana scheme ever proposed. It managed to get through to the governor, which is a first for New Hampshire. So you could call that progress. But after all of that effort and all of that compromise... He still proved that he hates sick people. And there's he, still a good chance they could jam it back down his throat. Is there a good chance? There's I've a heard, heard there's, there's chance. not that good of a chance. Pretty good we'll chance. find out. Time will tell. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live.
8: They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms.
12: Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists.
8: They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating uh, in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sekel CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away the features, and those other talk shows don't. So ours is free. Enjoy the features, including the Facebook page. You can become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. Just go to facebook.freetalklive.com. Click become a fan. It's that easy. And what if you found out that the best liberty activists in the world are moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them or you want to sit it out where you are? It's happening and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's Project. Now, you know what? We're talking about this police chief in Colorado that is actually being intellectually honest enough and courageous enough to come out and say he thinks the drinking age should be lowered. And, of course, there's opposition to what he has to say. We'll bring you some of their choice quotes here in a few moments. As you might imagine, the nanny status that Mothers Against Drunk Driving had to weigh in on this one. Uh, We'll get to that. But first, your calls about whatever you want. Mark is calling from Brazil. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
3: Hey, uh, I heard on the podcast a while back uh, someone talking about uh, getting a passport without a social security number. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't need a social security number for a passport. I don't know if, if anyone's ever brought that up, but um, did you do this? Yeah, I did it for my for our, our daughter.
0: How'd that happen? Um, How did you? Know, there's
3: kind of maybe there's maybe an advantage in two ways. That one is that we're abroad. And the other is that she was only a baby girl, so she, you know, couldn't have had time to get a number as it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, she has a certificate of U.S. citizenship if she ever, you know, wants to uh, uh, use that in the future. And she also has a U.S. passport, so it's really an option up to her as to what she wants to do with it.
0: So it was just a matter of just not filling that particular part of the form out when you did the it application.
3: It wasn't. I don't even remember being requested. I remember, you know, huh. when we went there because you, what you need to do is if you want to. Make sure she can have her citizenship if she wants that. Is to take the birth certificate, uh, the, the the live, and you have to go to the, uh, the consulate or the embassy and you get what they say is I think it's a declaration of live birth abroad or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that is the basis for getting the um, basically a, a, a birth certificate recognizing U.S. citizenship. So she has a certificate saying she's a U.S. citizen, um, and she also has U.S. passport. And honestly, I don't recall. Maybe it's on there, and it is figured since – well, you, I mean, they told us it would take her a year to get one. So um, we needed a passport before then because we had to visit family back home. So uh, it it was never an issue brought up, I recall at all, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's great. It, uh, you can get a fairly far in a lot of instances by just simply refusing to give a Social Security number – People just kind of are trained to ask for it, whether they're from the government or some private organization. I was ordering uh, some propane because I've got a generator that, that I'm installing here, so we can stay on the air even in a, a power outage. But uh, I was ordering a propane tank, and they asked me for a social security number. And they said it was required, and I said, "Well, I'm not going to give it to you." And they said, "Well, that's <laughs> they said well that's they said that's fine. It'll just have to be a cash account. No problem." Yeah. So as long yeah. as you as long as you aren't trying to run a credit check in a in a lot of places, uh the marketplace will it'll be easy to get past the social security so called requirement. Uh it's just a matter of saying no and being willing to walk away from the deal. I would have walked away from that deal if they had required me to give that number.
2: Right, I I did it with the same company. Really? Okay. So any other yeah, thoughts for Mark us tonight? Did,
0: did
3: Mark, did you get a did you ask for a social security number for your for your boy or no?
2: Um, I didn't ask for it. However, my wife did. Oh, jeez. Well,
3: oh, well, I was going to say, you could put it to the test. You could try to get a passport for him and see, but I guess not. Well, you should be able to still... Well, <laughs> if, Now, wait a minute. You should if be able don't to get
2: the Social Security number. You don't get the tax write-off. I'm continuing to uh, pay taxes in case uh, something terrible happens here with Free Talk Live. One of us will be out of jail and uh, be able to run the show and keep the light of liberty alive. I'm paying yeah. my taxes to keep you free, Mark.
3: Yeah, if the lot of liberty depends on that, well then, <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> oh, nice.
0: busted. Nice. But
3: uh, the other thing, you know, as you see, the tax write-off thing. I, you know, I think I, I'm going to put that to this. I'm thinking about because uh, since she, you know, like I said, they, well, actually, we thought about getting one for her, and I got the documents and I and I sent them in, and they came back saying we they weren't sufficient. So I figured, you know, that maybe that's a sign. So if she wants to go in, they don't want to go on. But I'm thinking about trying to include her anyway and then if they send me a letter saying oh you need a social security number or whatever they're saying well here's a picture of her and here's her certificate of birth you know do you have any doubts about her existence and see what they mm. say but that's a project you know down the road
0: worth a shot thanks for the call and good luck with yeah. that i appreciate hearing from you tonight mark 800-259-9231 that's the sacos cai toll free line and remember mark don't forget that uh, just because you're jumping through their hoops doesn't mean they can't find something to bring you up on charges for. They could very well. So don't feel like you're safe. That's all I'm saying. You probably are pretty safe, but you, they can get you anytime they want you. That that much is true. All right, let's go to Justin calling from British Columbia. You're on Free Talk Live. Justin.
13: Hello, gentlemen. Hey,
0: what's on your mind tonight?
13: Um, well, when I was younger, I really wanted to move to the States. And pretty much the sole reason was because you're able to carry firearms, and up here it's quite the opposite, but, really um,
0: I thought Canada yeah, had some pretty uh, good firearms uh, a, a pretty good situation with firearms there maybe it's just wrong as those are long arms okay, it is just well rifles.
13: if if you you know jump through the hoops, yeah it's it's fantastic, except for you will pretty much be put in jail if you try and use your weapon in any self-defense situation I um, see. it's to the point where, when you get your firearms license, if you have a pistol, you have to keep the pistol and the ammunition and the magazines in separate rooms in separate lock boxes.
0: Wow, that's nuts. So it's pretty
13: much if someone's breaking in, you, you're not going to get your gun because you have to go unlock one safe, get the gun. You're dead. Yeah. Go to the next safe. So. Well, now, I quick technical,
0: much... technical question Is this just British Columbia or is it all of Canada?
13: As far as I know, it is all of Canada. Wow! Um, I, I know there's minor differences, but for the most part, the the minor differences are for hunting licenses.
0: So, so um, for you, then seeing somebody open carrying out here in New Hampshire would be just a stunning kind of an experience.
13: It it makes my heart flutter. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's what I wanted to move to the states for. So what happened? And what I'm what I'm calling about is what do you see the Free market solution for gun control being? Would it just be if you can afford a gun, you can have one? Well,
2: what was the free market uh, solution for sword control?
13: Sword control?
2: Yes, there was a time when uh, when firearms when firearms were were nearly un, uh, unheard of, um, and swords were the the, the main kind of. Uh, combat tool out there as recently really as the civil war i mean uh, bayonets if you think about it are you know pretty close to a sword if not a spear yeah so um essentially the sword control was the free market it was whether or not people could afford to have one and and uh, pretty much everybody could and how good you were with it was an issue so I, I think that that should be it. Don't you think well, that the... Uh, private
0: property owners get to set yeah. what their rules are as far, as far as whether they want you carrying your
2: sword or gun on their property. Right. Absolutely. I think that uh, guns are the great equalizer. Uh, everybody, especially the kind of people that want to see... Uh, gun control, seem to be very concerned with equality. Well, I mean, with handguns, you're looking at a world where a 10-year-old girl could protect herself against Mike Tyson if she needed to, and Mm -hmm. really, any gun control law is really a a victim disarmament law.
13: Yeah. And for me, that sounds amazing, but how do you convince the sane people of this uh,
0: brilliant idea?
2: Well, uh, I would tell them that you're disarming victims what's wrong with you well there isn't
0: much convincing you have to do here in new hampshire uh because we already have open carry and there's some people that are up uh, that are upset about that but it doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon um so we're already there. I mean, we're we're pretty much where you want to be. There are some problems in New Hampshire. There is still a, car- a concealed carry permit that they want people to get. They don't have that in Vermont, and Vermont's doing just fine. So it's not you like you just it's have necessary.
13: to you have to request it, right? You request for the conceal, and they hand it over and Sur- let
0: Supposedly, it. though, they denied it to uh to our friend Brian Travis's son when he tried to get one. He was under eight. 16. But he's supposed to be able to get one at age 16. So there we have our share of problems, but it's not like Canada, dude. I hope to see you down here at some point. Thanks for the call tonight. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the world, uh, around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom, because darn it, that's important. Plus, you'll get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Get all the details and get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month at amp.freetalklive. Dot com. You know, Mark, you were just telling me a moment ago that uh, Penn Gillette apparently made an appearance at the very same convention you went to over the past, uh, the last few days. You were there on Thursday and Friday, and you left Saturday early, early.
2: Yeah, because I wanted to get back here for the show. However, I ended up being late anyway.
0: It, yeah, well, you ended up being an hour late for the for the show and I had asked you, well, why didn't you want to stay for the whole thing? Well, because you wanted to do the show. And you missed out on meeting Penn Gillette, unfortunately, because yeah. he showed up on the very last day.
2: I saw my uh, friend uh, Varen, and president of the Free State Project, Varen Swearingen, and he's got a picture up on his Facebook account with Penn Gillette. Which is pretty cool. I mean, that's yeah.
0: cool because at least he got to meet Penn, and that means that, you know, Penn, we already know Penn Gillette knows about the Free State Project. We know that Penn actually knows about Keene. And the activism going on in Keene, he's actually mentioned on his Penn Says video blog a few times, he's mentioned Keene and the activism here and how he, if he didn't have to do his job at Penn & Teller, that he would love to, for instance, retire uh, out here in in Keene if he were to retire, which, as he pointed out, he has no plans to do. But he was really uh, lauding what was going on here in New Hampshire and specifically the Keene area. So eventually... There is going to be a day where we get Penn Gillette on this radio show. <laughs> that is that is my one of my goals. I've I've never really cared that much about getting guests on this program, but I think Penn is so outstanding. He's one of those he's one of those Liberty Media guys that is just he's right up there with John Stossel in my book as far as just level of outstandingness and awesomeness and, and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Uh, Penn and teller
2: teller wouldn't be such a great interview because he it doesn't, doesn't be. talk. Well, um, he has on some interviews, has he not? Publicly? I don't know. Well I like on the interwebs.
0: Yeah, he may have done some I know he's done some writing. I know that. But as far as an actual That would in, be really a recorded weird recorded yeah. interview, you can hear Teller speak in pen and teller get killed which is an obscure uh, film from 1989 that they made. And it's a it's a fun, fun movie. Uh, back when Penn had more hair and Teller, I think, had more hair too. And they were still kind of new on the scene at that point, just kind of getting up, just rising in popularity, because I think they kind of had a, their rise in popularity during the 1980s. And so it was right at the very end of the 80s. So it's, it's a movie that you can't find on DVD, so you'd have to go, I think, on the interwebs and find a, a torrent or something like that of it. Uh, because it's just not out there. And, that, and that's something I'd like to ask him about. Why don't they do a, like a director's cut of uh, Penn and Teller Get Killed and re-release the, you know, the 20th anniversary edition or something like that. So I've got lots of questions I'd like to ask Penn. But it's good news that he's at least there hanging out with Varen Swearingen, uh, from the Free State Project. Because I have heard rumors they've been trying to get him to appear at the Liberty Forum or get them both uh, to appear at the Liberty Forum perhaps next year. I know they were trying for this past year and... I've got my fingers crossed because that'll be a lot of fun because those, those guys are cool.
2: Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm sure he's listened to Free Talk Live. And I know that if I How are met... you sure of that, well, oh, because for God's sakes, it's the largest uh, liberty oriented podcast in the world. Of course, he's and, and radio He's a busy show. man. Come on. It, it, all libertarians have some downtime. And when they, <laughs> when they have some downtime, they're going to want to listen to Free Talk Live. Well. That just goes without say. And likely if I met him, he would have said, oh, you're that fascist, Mark. And <laughs> that would have been it. Right. Because he's the I don't you know, know about that. Anyway, so what else happened? Did anything else notably uh, not- noteworthy happen at
0: the the Freedom Fest? It's a it's a yearly gathering of who who goes well, to these
2: things? Um, it's you know freedom oriented folks, but it's 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 kind Las of Vegas. A, yeah, it's in Las Vegas. It's kind of an economics thing. Um, there's certainly some uh, like a symposium. Like an academic kind of symposium, well, uh, to some extent, yeah. I mean, you know, more, more than panels. I guess it's somewhat academic and and probably a lot more financial is probably the way to look at it. There certainly were a lot of purveyors of gold coins there, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, there were lots of uh, liberty-oriented things going on. Um, LFB, Laissez Fair Books was there, mm, and okay. um, as was Freedom, F- Freedom's Phoenix, uh, Republic Magazine. Prometheus Institute. Hmm. It's it's kind of like the who's who of uh, Free Talk Live advertisers. Uh, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> they were there. Oh, great. So, um, so yeah, did you get to meet stuff. some of your clients then? And I got to meet a, quite a FaceTime? few. Of, quite a few of my right. clients, and I I believe that I'll be bringing some new ones on board as a result. Cool. Okay. Just figured I'd see if you had anything else to uh, to share. The you. only speech I saw, I just didn't. I just didn't do the speechifying thing. The only one I really saw was uh, uh, Steve Forbes give us give a speech. He's not a libertarian. Uh, he's better than than most, but you you are not the arbiter of who libertarians are and who they aren't. Go back to doing your radio Oh, that's show. right. I can't use that term anymore.
0: One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He's not liberty oriented. How about that?
2: Enough for you? Right. Well, he supports a flat tax. Well, he support he supports an easier tax for people to do. Yeah. Granted, it would be easier for uh, for us not to pay taxes at all. He probably didn't think that was a viable solution. Was there any talk of uh, secession or independence? At um, certainly, uh, at, at the uh, <laughs> at uh, the table that I was manning for the Free State Project. Uh, if, oh, cool! If if now the Free State Project does not endorse secession or independence, and in, no, um, no, no, no. Uh, uh, for uh, uh, New Hampshire, however. People asked me the question, and I answered the question as I felt was appropriate for me, and I made it clear that um, that was the case. But, uh, you know, we got a, got a few sign-ups, I believe. I certainly encouraged quite a few people to sign up beyond that and got a lot of uh, people signing up. Right, signing and here's up the friends. most important question.
0: How was the female attendance compared to some of the gatherings
2: here in New Hampshire? Um, compared to the gatherings here? Yeah, like... Certainly nothing compared to Porkfest. Fest. Okay um it was thirties 70 30 yeah it was probably closer to 70 30 and i'd give pork fest a 60, 60 40. 40.
0: okay 1-800-259-9231 to tennessee we talked to joel you're on free talk live hey joel
11: hey guys how's it going
0: what's on your mind tonight
11: um nothing much the other night i finished up a fantastic book by walter block called the privatization of roads and highways
0: oh okay he wrote a whole book about that that's great oh
11: no yeah yeah he did about 400 pages worth actually wow yeah it's it's excellent though i mean i I've read it in like one week, and generally I'm a pretty slow reader, but the book just engulfed me and i and he basically refutes any kind of points that any road socialist made on uh you know the bureaucratic mismanagement of roads right now, especially here in uh tennessee we we got some pretty pretty bad roads over here
0: so does he basically address all of the objections that could possibly come up about private roads
11: oh yeah yeah absolutely he He uh, he 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 he, uh, debunks everything.
0: So including the uh, the ludicrous ones where somebody will buy all the roads around your house and trap you there, that kind of stuff.
11: Yeah yeah yeah. He actually says like, uh, and and there he refutes that by saying that you would have like no one would buy land and and no one would buy a house. Sorry, someone beeped in on my phone, but he said no one would buy a house unless they knew that they could have proper access out of it. Yep, yep, that's right. but, of course, you'd get the people saying, but what about the people that don't know – but what about the people that buy a house and, uh, you know, don't know about the access?
2: Well, you'd think it'd be pretty boilerplate. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, Up here in New Hampshire, road access can be a real issue because a lot of the property uh, – the plots were drawn up before, well – roads came through and roads will change i mean it's been 300 years here Mm -hmm. and uh, you know road access is a big issue and it is the first thing you look for i'll grant you Mm -hmm. down in sarasota florida when i bought my house i didn't pay much attention to road access i was pretty confident i'd have it but it's an entirely different scenario so if road access is an issue don't worry your real estate agent will handle it so you're recommending
0: it what was it called again walter block what was the book the privatization of roads and highways Very
2: good sir any other thoughts tonight
11: uh, no that's it you guys do a great you guys have a great show though
0: thank you for the call I appreciate hearing from you let's check in real quick with mothers against drunk driving and what they have to say about lowering the drinking age we brought you some select quotes from a, a police chief in Colorado that actually had the courage to come out and say let's reduce the drinking age to at the very least 18 uh, according to mad. You can always count on for status nonsense. Emily Tompkins, spokeswoman for MAD, says the national organization agrees that binge drinking is on the rise, but allowing 18-year-olds legal access to alcohol isn't the solution. She says by passing that 18-year-old drinking age, it also passes the underage drinking issue to high school administration to deal with. What kind of fantasy world do you have to live in to... To make a statement like that, right? as though high schools aren't
2: dealing with underage drinking right now? High schools are dealing with underage drinking. Kids are drinking at high schools. They're drinking in the parking lots. They're drinking after high school. Kids are drinking. So high schools are dealing with that issue. Today, I can tell you, when I was in high school, I was getting alcohol. Sometimes I had it on the campus. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I was drinking it on the campus. I, it's been done. I, it, it's certainly been done. I just didn't do it. It wasn't my, uh, you know, druthers. Yeah. But it, it's been done. And the idea that uh, lowering the drinking age means that the that uh, high school administrations wouldn't have to would have to deal with it and now it doesn't. That's ludicrous.
0: We are out of time. It has been Ian here with you and Mark, and you can join us online between. Tomorrow night show at freetalklive. dot com.
2: Podcasters, I um, I don't want to overstate this, and I and I don't want to understate it either. I had a conversation with Jason Osborne and uh of course, you know, his his sponsorship of Free Talk Live is uh it's like any other advertising. He'd like to see some results and probably SACL CAI doesn't see results too well because, well, it's a collections company. What are they gonna get out of a, a podcast like this? Yeah, it's not exactly a business show. Yeah, they're they're not selling uh debt relief and they're not selling <laughs> as a matter of fact they're selling the opposite of debt relief. <laughs> and uh they're they're not selling, you know, penis penis growth pills or or whatever that uh, so is so common on radio. But right now Jason Osborne is sort of using as a test perhaps or maybe he just wants a, a whole bunch of people to sign up for uh thinktwicenews.com, but he wants a whole bunch of people to si- sign up as uh, subscribers for thinktwicenews.com. It doesn't cost you anything. It's just a, uh, it's a YouTube subscription. It's a YouTube subscription. Which so, is easy to do. You, yes. They've got please. a button on their page, right? Uh, yeah, right. it's right there on the page, at thinktwicenews.com. I would encourage you, if you consider Free Talk Live, to be a valuable service to uh, go and do this. Um, if you if you appreciate uh, Jason Osborne and
0: everything that he's done for this program, uh, he has been the primary sponsor of Free Talk Live for a long time. We're yeah. talking years here. A couple of years now. And so uh, Jason Osborne, and not only is he a sponsor of Free Talk Live, we should also mention he's out there sponsoring other shows. He's uh, behind Gardner. I believe he's still uh, sponsoring Gardner Show. Yep. ThinkTwiceNews.com. dot com, and, uh, he's, and uh, he's a producer of Think Twice News. Yep. Uh, so Barry, Barry Cooper's uh, Never Get Rated. That's right. He was behind that as producer as well. So Jason Osborne is somebody who takes. His money, and he puts it where his mouth is. He really does love liberty, and he's willing to put, I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars a month into all these, the the totality of everything yep. he does. Uh, he takes most of his paycheck, basically, and puts it into to liberty activism. And so Think Twice News is his newest thing, and would love to have you go over there and click the subscribe button.
2: Yeah, in a couple of years, perhaps Free Talk Live will be able to uh, fly on its own, but uh, we still need the, uh, the, the the motherly wings of SACL CAI. Right now, and I would encourage you to go over to thinktwicenews.com and subscribe today, please. But besides that, it's great product. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, I I, I don't want to diminish the product at all. Uh, but John uh, doing his uh, John little, Shaw, from John from the Shaw, his uh, you know does uses as the uh, the announcer a, a puppet who's from outer space, and uh, it's just it's really great. He's a he's a great puppeteer, and and I enjoy watching it. Yep, uh, and the pork fest
0: videos are just now starting
2: to hit over at ThinkTwiceNews.com. Yeah, there's several, uh, including a Gardner Goldsmith interview is going. The Fed up. one's going to come out at some point. Yeah, so there's there's I a hope. lot of content being released this week, and you'll be on the receiving end of it. And I would encourage you to subscribe. Yep, ThinkTwiceNews.com. Thank you.